child. It's not just thinking about raising a good Christian man or a Christian woman. It's ultimately about preparing your son and your daughter to submit their heart to God, to be a faithful servant of His. And so much of what we do to them is a reflection of their Heavenly Father. And so we have a big responsibility there as well. So when we look at Scripture, there are two sides, two, two sides of the coin of discipline, if you kind of want to think about it that way, uh, when applied to parenting. One side is positive, the other side is negative. And uh, the positive side, discipline, is consistently a process engaged by which the parent leads the child onto and along the path of righteousness. It's con consistently instructive, looking forward toward the goal of helping the child live a life that's pleasing to God. So we're thinking about a positive, and not necessarily positive and negative of good and bad. It's just two different approaches. Think about it that way. So the instructive one is looking forward to what the future is going to hold in their relationship with the Lord. On the negative side, discipline is sometimes a price paid for not acting righteously. It looks backward at the failure to live in a way that's according to God's Word, in a way to correct a child's wayward trajectory. So if we think about we're trying to put them on this path of righteousness, well, they're off the path and we're trying to correct it. So uh, correct that trajectory and bring them back to a responsive relationship with God. The price is there to bring them back. And it's a process of training and instruction. So just two different ways to look at Scripture on looking forward toward what the relationship is going to be with Christ as opposed to looking back at the behavior that prompted the discipline. So when we look at discipline, 40% of all of the uses of the term discipline used in the Old Testament occur in the book of Proverbs. And so I thought it was important for us to kind of look and understand Solomon's attitude toward the word discipline. He states clearly in the opening verses that the overarching purpose and the fruit of discipline is positive and instructive. In chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. But it's also important to understand that Solomon saw discipline as a godly expression of parental love. In chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, he says, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as the father corrects the son in whom he delights. So biblical discipline is much more than just an act. It's both an ongoing, heart-to-heart -heart relationship and a continuous spiritual interaction with our kids. It's far more than a simple correction. It's a parent and a child walking together along that path of life. It's the Bible's bigger picture of what it means for us to parent our children. But it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Um, Frankly, after a hard day or a hard season, it's quick to just react and not think about the long-term consequences or even just the long-term effects on your relationship with them and their relationship with the Lord. So it's just a reminder of we have to save energy, resources, time for our children to be able to effectively discipline them. We often aim our disciplinary efforts at the wrong target. Put that in your handout as well. We set our sights on stopping and changing a child's behavior in that moment. And we miss the real target of shaping and influencing their heart, which is the source of the wrong behavior. And I know we can all sit here 
and go, I believe that. I know that. But man, it's hard in the moment, isn't it? It's hard when they're pushing our buttons or they, they're continuing to do something that you've told them not to do. You've explained to them why they should do something and they're still not doing it. So I know all of you can say, Marianne, I believe that. I know that. But that's where we have to have the Holy Spirit. For those of us who are believers, who are Christian parents, we are saying, we know we can't do this on our own. So that's where we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. But again, it can't be that cold call to Him. It has to be because we are walking closely with the Lord that He directs our path. This doesn't mean there isn't a place for punishment and physical discipline. There are times when your child needs to understand that their actions require different methods of discipline. There were t there'll be times when talk needs to turn into action in order for your child's heart to change. But before making that decision, it's critical that you know who is in charge of the situation. And I don't necessarily mean you or your child, but who is in charge of the decisions that you're making. God has delegated us as parents authority over our children. Obviously, we can even look at the Ten Commandments. It makes it very clear that children are to honor and respect their parents in the same way they're to honor the Lord. In Colossians, Paul emphasizes that children are to obey their parents in all things and that doing so pleases God. Respect means that the ultimate result of our loving, patient, and gentle discipline discipline will be a child with a humble and obedient heart, one who honors our authority. So as you exercise biblical discipline, you also show your child what the heart of the Father looks like. So there's separate issues in control when we think about discipline and how we implement discipline. Um, we think about what controls us as we put forth discipline with our children. And so I laid out a couple of those. There's actually more um, sources of control over our flesh, over our spirit that come into play. Well, our flesh obviously is one. Our feelings, formulas that we've tried to get from other people. If they do this, do this. If they do that or don't do that, implement this. And then our faith. So our flesh, our feelings, formulas, and our faith are sources of control that come over and come into play when we discipline. You can allow any one or all of these to guide how you relate to your children. But most parents will gravitate toward one of these things. And so you can kind of look over and think, do I tend to be more in the flesh and allow my flesh to control how we discipline? Do I let my feelings, my emotions take over? Do I implement those formulas without thinking about what's actually going on? Or do I use the Lord and implement my faith in what His Word says? Uh, I think, I, I just use personal experience, sometimes I definitely in the flesh when I'm disciplining my children and my feelings. I have implemented formulas before and I hope that I have used the Lord along the way to say, how can I do this better? Um, the harsh truth is God doesn't remove our sinful natures when we find salvation in Him, right? I may no longer be enslaved to my flesh, but it's still there. I know I should consider myself dead to sin, and alive in Jesus Christ. However, I do and we do sometimes let sin reign in our lives and sometimes I allow my body to be used as an instrument of unrighteousness instead of an instrument of righteousness. What happens when I give in? That happens when I give in to the urge to yell at my children when what they really need is love and discipline. Again, hear me when I say 
This doesn't mean that you're just supposed to be passive with your children, but our response to them needs to be from the spirit, not our flesh, not because we're frustrated or angry with their action or with their inaction. I give into the flesh when I use my parental authority and lord it over my children like the Gentiles in Matthew, Gentile rulers, rather than like Jesus. It's the fleshly part of me that says, I can make my kids submit to me by using the force of my will and my strength because mama said, right? We've all done that before. But even though I can make my children conform to my wishes, I have to put my confidence then in that moment, I do put it in my sinful self rather than the leading of the Lord's Spirit. I'm saying I'm in control, I'm in charge, and you're going to listen to me or this is what's going to happen. Is, that's what God, is, that, is that what God's Word says to do? When I do that, my self-driven fleshly discipline is no more effective or spiritual than that of any other parent in this world, any other non-Christian parent. How is that parenting any different from anyone else's? Because I'm not relying on the Lord at all. So then we have our feelings. Because emotions can be so powerful and personal, we can easily let strong but wrong-headed feelings control how we interact with our immature children. Do you ever uh, walk away from an interaction with your child and you're like, I don't know who was the child there. <laughs> Emotion-filled reactions can replace thoughtful and reasoned actions, leaving both the parent and the child in tension and conflict. Sometimes we can observe parents with irrational anger. I think we've all had those moments before of like, what happened there? <laughs> For sure. And it is times when those happens. Those things happen as our children get older. It is an opportunity to go and ask for forgiveness and say, I should not have handled that situation like that. I let my emotions get the best of me. I let my feelings get the best of me. I did not allow the Holy Spirit to guide my actions. And man, what an opportunity that is for our kids to see. So when we do mess up, and we will, <laughs> who's done that before, use that as an opportunity to go to your kiddos and to ask for forgiveness and say, this, but this is how I'm trying to work on that. Again, it doesn't discount the fact that they had negative behavior or inappropriate behavior. It was just your behavior, my behavior, was inappropriate at the time as well. Children will provoke all manner of strong emotions in parents. Can I get a name in? <laughs> Both good and bad, but God does not want us to parent by our feelings. Emotions do not think for us. We do not walk in the flesh, but instead we take every thought captive in the obedience of Christ. It's easier to do when you're in the Word, right? Take every thought captive. When we follow our feelings, we're no longer walking by the Spirit, but by our own sight and not walking by His sight. Feelings can blind us to the Spirit's work in our lives and in our hearts. The line between emotionally charged or a spiritually discerned response to a child can be sometimes blurry in the moment. The only way to think through the blurs of your emotions is to find the discernment and wisdom you need to discipline your child in a way that pleases God, to trust in the moving and dwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because when your child is on the receiving end of your emotions, the plain reality is, is that your emotions and your feelings cannot be trusted. That's the plain truth of it. Because God, we want God to ultimately be 
in control. So talk about flesh, talk about feelings, formulas. Again, we have books and different things. I'm still going to point you to those things because the couple of books, couple of resources that I have point to God's Word. But in that moment, you can't be, okay, let me find, let me find, what, is, what does this say about, oh, uh, when my child makes excuses, when my child makes bad friendships, when my child is complaining. No, we can't look to those things in a moment. It has to be in our hearts already because we've studied God's Word. So those are good things to have, but we can't lean on those in the moment. We already have to know the truth of God's Word. And there's no guarantee formula or biblical uh, childhood discipline formula that's going to meet all of our needs. Because again, every family is different. Every child is different. Every one of us is created uniquely in the image of God but for this time and this season and for your family. And so we can't assume that one formula is going to work for all of our children. So we think about then our faith. So we have feelings, or flesh, feelings, formula, and then our faith. And knowing that God is ultimately in control. For the time left, I want us to think about two ways of discipline. We have directive discipline and corrective discipline. Biblical discipline is more than just a reactive act of correction to stop or punish your child's behavior. Discipline in the Bible is about leading another person onto and along that path of righteousness. As a Christian parent, you know you must discipline your children and that that discipline keeps them on that narrow path. That's why the first priority of heartfelt discipline is not correction, but direction. So think of directive, corrective. Our children are looking at us to be the faithful, helpful, gentle guides. It's the directive discipline of sympathy, encouragement, nurture, and instruction that will teach them how to follow God and stay on His path of righteousness. So encourage your children every day. Think about those moments. I want us just to have a moment to kind of think about the last time your child, if they're old enough, to have um, an inappropriate response to something, if they're frustrated, if they're just whining, if they're a younger, if um, they lash out as older kids um, and have a smart mouth, or I'm not going to do that, or you can't make me, or whatever. If we are busy, if we are already at the end of our rope because we are exhausted, our immediate response is not going to be directive because we aren't going to have the capacity ourselves. We're not going to have the margin left to think, where is this coming from? Why are they responding this way? Sometimes it is just a sinful flesh and they're just, you know, children who need direction. But a lot of times that behavior is coming from something. Maybe something's going on at school. Maybe something's going on with a kid, a friend of theirs. If they're younger, maybe something's out of sorts at home or at daycare or at school. So trying to find the root of where is this behavior coming from? But we can't as parents do that if we have no margin left. We can't as parents go, now let's think about what might be the cause of this. We're just like, you need to stop it and you need to stop it now. And for older kids, you're like, and if you don't, this is what's going to happen. And again, sometimes that is the appropriate response. But more often than not, we have to get to the root of the behavior. So encourage them from God's Word. If you ask the Holy Spirit to give you something to say to your children, He will. We've talked a lot about family discipleship, family devotion time. And those times are so critical and help lay that foundation for those rougher times when directive discipline is needed. 
If you ask him, he'll give you words. If you're in his word, if you spent time with him, it might be a few words, it might be a lot of words, but if you ask, he will direct you. Then we have corrective discipline. When the first priority of, while the first priority of childhood discipline is direction, they will still wander off that path, <laughs> whether intentionally or non-intentionally, and that's when you act to correct to bring them back on the path. Correction is more than just punishment or for wrongdoing. It's necessary and loving redirection. It can be done spiritually, verbally, behaviorally, physically. But when you skillfully and faithfully, the spiritual aspects of corrective discipline will affect how you use the other corrective tools verbally, behaviorally, physically. When you know that they need corrective discipline, reach out for that spiritual discipline. Look at that first. Where are things unaligned spiritually? When you start to see negative behaviors in your children, think, when was the last time we all sat down and did a devotion together? When was the last time that I pointed them to the truth of God's Word in life circumstances? We've experienced that as well. When you start to see just negative behavior after negative behavior, a lot of times it's your direct reflection on how things are even going at home. Not bad. I'm not saying it's bad stuff. I'm not saying life is just completely out of balance. But it's just when is the last time that we actually came together as a family and we were in God's Word together. So I just want to encourage you that. Pray for your children. Ask God for applicable scriptures to share with them. Seek the established fellowship together. And then do what you need to do to direct and to address the misbehavior or disobedient action. Again, there's books that we have, the books that I recommend. We have Heartfelt Discipline by Clay Clarkson and then Shepherding a Child's Heart. I will tell you regarding discipline, their views are very different. And they use God's Word to back that up. So what does that tell us? We all discern God's Word differently. And I trust both of these gentlemen, but then we read this, we read God's Word, and then we discern for ourselves how God is leading us to discipline and correct our own children that He's given us. So I recommend both of those. Um, we also have, it's called Wise Words for Moms and Dads. I don't know why it says moms. I don't know if they just think moms are the only ones going to read something like this. But dads, this is applicable to you guys too. And so it's just ways to look at as a quick reference of if you have a child who is blame shifting and making excuses. Here are heart probing questions that you may ask. Here are the formulas. Here is the reproof or what is being put off and in that instance it might be pride. This is the encouragement to put on humility and those are additional verses. So here are formulas to help you if your child is doing these things. No, I say that to say they are helpful. It's helpful to know what scriptures to go to when you see cer certain or specific behaviors in your child. But is this going to make your child be on the path of righteousness and follow the Lord? I'm not going to promise you that because that is not the case. But they're tools and we want to equip you with tools to have. So again, we have how are we led? By the flesh, by our feelings, by formulas, or by our faith? So I want to encourage you guys. You have a couple of uh, copies that I made, mostly because my printer wasn't working and I couldn't uh, add the questions later. So you all can go through the contentment exercise if you like when we break up in a minute. And that goes back to our uh, Sunday school lesson review. 
And then there are a couple of pages uh, to kind of walk through in the time that's left uh, where there's like a scenario and a Bible verse and then kind of walking through that type of correction, that type of discipline, that type of interaction with you and your children at home. So you all can kind of look through that and see if there are some things that maybe you want to discuss as a group. Guys, we cannot do this alone, can we? Can We can all tell stories of like, man, I messed that moment up so terribly, and I'm so thankful that that was not recorded for future <laughs> review. And then there's other times where you're like, yes, 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 that was awesome, right? Those are not as many as we'd like for them to be. But I want to encourage you guys that that's why we are here together, is to lean in and to focus on what God's Word says, because we cannot do it without Him. But He's with us as believers. The Holy Spirit indwells in us. So we don't have to do it alone. So I just want to encourage you to seek after him, seek after his word. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that you didn't just throw us here and say, figure it out. That you gave us your word. You sent your Holy Spirit and he is with us. We're so grateful. Lord, this parenting job, it is not an easy one. But what a wonderful gift that we have been given to raise our children, to point them to you to lead them on this path of righteousness. Lord, I pray that we would take it so, so seriously. But Lord, give us hope. Give us courage. Remind us that we are not alone. So Lord, we just want to seek after you in all things. I pray our time together in our small group uh, time is uh, fruitful. Lord, that you would draw us closer to you. And in doing so, we draw closer to each other. We love you, Lord. In all things, we give you all the glory and all the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Parent Gathering Podcast. We invite you to join us at 930 on Sunday mornings in room 215, where we will have opportunities for discussion among other parents. For more information about Living Hope Next Gen Ministries, go to livehopeful.com.